It's wonderful to have all of you here tonight and tuning in. You know, it's a, a great night. We have uh, some science teachers with us. Uh, any of you that are fans of environmental science will be glad to hear that we're doing some enhancement with Mike Carney, who's here joining us. And so special welcome to him. Now, I've got a tip for Mike and other science teachers that are out there and any of our science presenters tonight. You know, what do you do if nobody laughs at your science jokes? You just keep trying until you get a reaction. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you got to do, so hang in there. All right, well, let's get it to Dr. John and the Technology Spotlight. <laughs> Back in 2007, NASA launched the Dawn spacecraft. This was an unmanned mission that went way out to an asteroid called Vesta, stopped and orbited around Vesta and took pictures. And after a while, when it got done, then it turned on its ion drive and left Vesta and went to a dwarf planet called Ceres. Stopped there and orbited around Ceres and took pictures there. Well, the reason why they were able to do this was because of the ion drive technology that it was using. Normally, if you use a chemical fuel to power the spacecraft, then you ignite it and shoot fire out the back. Then once you're out of the chemical fuel, then that's the end of your mission, unless you can find some more somewhere. And instead of using a chemical fuel, the ion drive runs mostly on electricity. So they can get electricity from solar or from a nuclear reactor or something like that and keep going and going and going. So that allowed the Dawn mission to do some pretty amazing things. And instead of a yellow fire shooting out the back, it was a blue plasma. Well, that brings up an interesting question. What is plasma? Plasma is actually another state of matter, a fourth state. Remember how we have different states of matter, solids and liquids and gases? If you have some water that you would drink maybe, that's a liquid. Well, if you take that same water and put it in the freezer, then it'll slowly get colder and colder and then it'll turn into ice. Ice is a solid. So that's a, the same molecules turning into a different state of matter. Then if you took that ice and you put it in a pot and put it on the stove and heated it up, it would turn back into water and then it would start to bubble away and turn into a gas. And so those are the three different states of matter that we normally see, liquid, solid, and gas. But plasma is a fourth state of matter. And uh, a good way to think about it is a gas that's ionized, which means that the position of the gas molecules is dramatically affected by an electrical or magnetic field. And maybe you've seen those plasma balls where they make the things that look like lightning. Well, lightning is actually a plasma. That's one of the natural forms of plasma that we see a lot. And then there's plasma on the surface of the sun. So it's around, but that's what they're using in this ion drive. Well, that brings up another interesting question. Why don't we use ion drives here on Earth? Then we could all be using this amazing technology. Well, it turns out that the ion drive NASA's been working on is actually shooting out xenon gas molecules. And that's how it's propelled forward. And the thrust that they actually get from that is very, very small. In fact, some people describe it as being a...
Back in 2007, NASA launched the Dawn spacecraft. This was an unmanned mission that went way out to an asteroid called Vesta. And we could all be using this amazing technology. Well, it turns out that the ion drive NASA's been working on is actually shooting out xenon gas molecules. And that's how it's propelled forward. And the thrust that a plasma jet engine, that sounds really amazing. But theirs doesn't use xenon gas, it just uses air, which is pretty awesome when you think about it. Let's take a look and kind of remember how jet engines work today. If you look at this picture, you can see how there's the front of the jet engine where the air goes in. That's the blue section there. And the air is compressed as it goes in with all those fans. And then it goes into the combustion section. This is where they shoot in some fuel and ignite the fuel. And it makes a fire and the gas expands and creates uh, pressure. And then it shoots out the back. And that back section is the exhaust where we turn that expanding gas into uh, movement with those blades to actually make the jet engine create more thrust. And this uh, process of using the air coming in, sucking the air in, and then burning, and then the exhaust makes it so they can really efficiently use the fuel. Jet engines are really quite efficient. They're amazing things because most of the air moving through them is just that. It's air. It's not fuel. And as opposed to like a rocket engine, you got to carry all your fuel on board. But most of the stuff going through the jet engine is just air. So the researchers did the same kind of thing with their plasma jet engine. They had compressed air going through the tube. You see that tube pointing up? That's actually made out of quartz. And then they had a, a special apparatus that made microwaves. And the microwaves were focused and that's what ionized the gas and made the plasma. And so as the compressed air is moving through the tube, it turns into a plasma and suddenly gets super hot and expands and they get that same kind of thrust, only they're not burning any fuel, they're just using electricity to make those microwaves. Pretty neat stuff. Well, the researchers ran into a problem when they tried to measure how much thrust they were getting because the exhaust coming out was so hot that it would melt most of the things they were trying to measure it with. In fact, it was up around a thousand degrees Celsius. That's really toasty. And so they finally came up with this little experiment. You see this ball sitting on top of their quartz tube. Well, they would put little weights inside there until the ball was just the right weight to stay on top of the quartz tube. And it just kind of rattles a little bit. And then they were able to calculate how much thrust they were getting. I was wishing they would, you know, show us a video of it going <laughs> flying away, um, but they, they got it just right so it would stay there so they could measure how much thrust. And they found that the efficiency they were getting was about the same as a jet engine. What I mean by efficiency is the um, amount of electricity, the amount of energy they put in compared to the amount of thrust they got out. Now with a jet engine, it has way more energy and way more thrust. This is an experiment to you know, a proof of concept. And so they showed that theoretically you could, if you could scale this and make a bigger unit and have more thrust going through, then you would have a similar efficiency to what you would get with a conventional jet engine. And that's really exciting because that means someday we may be using plasma jet engines to power our aircraft. 
and it, who knows what kinds of neat drones and uh, new ways that we could travel. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> That's all the tech we have the time for. Okay, and now it's time for Breakthroughs in Science with Tobias. Well, have you ever been fishing before? And you got your line out in the water and you're reeling it. Oh. Whoa, guys, guys. You're like, oh, well, get the net. Get, no, the big net. Get the, yep, oh, it's a fighter. And you, you pull it out of the water and it's a piece of grass. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a smart fish. That was just a, yeah. The, sometimes that can be pretty embarrassing, okay? I've learned that you want to be subtle, okay? If you think you got something, just keep it cool until you've pulled it out and then they can come because otherwise it's, you get a whole audience as you pull this weed out of the water. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about a scientist who had a breakthrough, and as they worked towards it in their own words, they weren't sure if what they were working at was going to come out of the water and be a fish or a weed. But they stayed at it, and it would turn out, well, it was, it was not a weed. We're talking about someone named Michael Faraday. And Michael Faraday, here's a picture of him. Um, in the 1800s, he had a huge interest in an electromagnetic science and the study of. And so let's just talk about a couple things that others had discovered by now. We knew that if we sent an electric current through a wire, that when the current was going through that wire, it would create a magnetic field. You could actually sense, if you had something like a compass, you could see the needles move when you bring them by the wire. And in fact, if you had four compasses around it, the needles would kind of show you that there was this tunnel of this magnetic field around the wire that you're sending current through. So we knew that with electricity, we could create a magnetic field. Well, Faraday wondered, could we flip that? Could I make electricity with a magnetic field rather than make a magnetic field with electricity? Well, one other thing that we also knew was if you wrapped some, uh, a metal material that could become magnetic with wire and sent a current through it, you could make that metal magnetic, you could make an electromagnet, okay? So he knows about these two things. Well, he decides to do a test. He takes a metal ring and he puts insulated wire, wraps it around one half of it, and he connects this to a battery so he can run power through it. He wraps the other side with a second insulated ring and it doesn't connect to any power. It's just connected to itself in a loop and he sets that powerless one on a compass. The compass is going to be what he's going to use to see if there's a current because he knows the compass should move if a current takes place within this wire. So he's going to make a magnet with the first one. He turns the battery on, it powers up, and he looks over at the compass to see if this empty, this wire that had no power connected to it is going to get power. And he looks at the compass and nothing happens. It's just sitting there. And it's, it's pretty disappointing. He turns it off, but right when he turns it off, the compass goes blip. So he turns it on, the compass goes blip. Every time he turns it on and off, the compass moves. He gets a tiny current, but only when he's turning it on and off. And he's, he continues to research this, and he determines, this is when he writes his friend and says, I might be onto something big, but I think 
it may be, I, well, I'm not sure if my work will produce a weed from the water or a fish. You can tell he's had different experiences with fishing. <laughs> um, but he, he works at it some more, and he does a second test eventually, where he takes a spool of wire. It's not connected to any power. It's just a spool of wire. And he takes a magnetic rod. It's a magnet. And he sticks it into the middle of the spool. And the moment that he does, again, he gets a blip. And then it's gone until he pulls it out. He puts it in, and he pulls. So every time the magnetic field from that magnet changes and goes into or comes out of that spool, a current is generated. This time, though, he knows he has not created that with other electricity. It's just this magnet, and he's making a voltage. So he feels like this is his big breakthrough moment. Because, and what he basically theorizes is if you look at a, the magnetic fields of a magnet, so, and you can see these too, if you take a magnetic rod and you sprinkle you know, the metallic powder on the paper um, that you put on top of the magnet, you can see these, these lines start to appear. And it's like the magnetic field. And so his theory was there's a field around this magnet. And if I stick it through this, this spool, then the, the spool wires will literally be passed through the magnetic field. And the, it actually, there's a current that's created. But when you hold it still, even though you've got the magnet in it, nothing happens. It's only, and if you can move it slow, and you'll see really no current. It's the change that's happening. So he ends up figuring out that it's the change, it's the magnetic fields moving through that coil that is creating a voltage. He would go on to create a moving disk that would move through magnets, and he created a generator. And actually, if you, if you could, so what, what did we learn here? We know that with magnets, we can create power using that coil or that spool and movement. So it took the movement. So if you had like a, a spinning disk of a coil going through magnets or a spinning magnet going through coil, you could make a generator. It's just a lot of hamster wheels. Um, <laughs> And that's actually what most of our electricity is generated from today. It's really, you spin something. You can use steam to spin it, you can use water, you can use wind, but you're gonna spin either a coil or wire, or you can spin the magnet. And one of the two needs to be moving and creating that change that's happening. And he, he titled this as inducing or induction of the electromagnetic or the electricity that was going on. And this isn't only used now in generating electricity. This is also used in circuitry and computer boards now. Um, they'll have a circuit running through on the board, but they'll have an induction device or an inductor on the board. And it, you'll see sometimes these donut-shaped pieces of metal that can be magnetized and wrapped around it is a coil. And as the electricity circuit goes through that coil, the, this induction device fights the change. And since it resists it, it slows it down until it builds up enough energy and it goes forward again, the, the current does. And the other way as well, when you lose current, it fights the change, it does not like change. And when it loses the current, it slowly releases that energy that's built up in that metal and in the, the coil. What does that mean? Well, that means that you always have kind of this softening of your current. So if you get a sudden current, it softens it. It's like a ramp. And if, it, if you lose current, it softens the dying of that current. And guess what? If you get too much current through that, that spool, 
the metal inside, you have to be kind of careful because it can get very hot because it can't hold that energy, all the energy that it's, that's storing that it's going to release at the end. That's how they do, if you've seen induction stoves, that's the way that they do it. They have a spool, a coil, underneath the surface, and your pan is that thing that's normally wrapped around. That You put the pan on, it's part of the induction piece. And so when you turn it on, it starts again resisting, and it builds up, and it's putting the charge right into the pan. And the pan can't hold that, all that energy, and so it starts giving it off as heat. So you're literally creating the heat right in the metal, and it's giving it off. And it goes really deep, and we're, we're going to get lost in the weeds um, <laughs> if we go much deeper. But pretty amazing that from something that, you know, he wasn't even sure if it was a real catch into something that's literally powering our world. So there you go. You never know in science, if you work hard, what you're going to pull out. So get the net. Thank you. <laughs> Right, and now introducing Roger Billings. Oh, your people are getting better and better and better, aren't they? She almost didn't make it tonight. They had to beam her down. It's good. That's true. <laughs> so tonight we're fighting a computer. And some of you probably noticed that we have had our feed tonight blow up twice. <laughs> and it's one computer. And that computer has never had a problem before tonight. And all of a sudden, just before we started, it just quit. And then we got it going again. And it quit again. And it interrupted that magnificent presentation by John and the... Yeah incredible fishing stories by Tobias, <laughs> and now I'm just terrified it might interrupt me. <laughs> you know, it's, it could be that uh, we got a new Windows update on that computer, and it's buggy. Could be that there's a piece of hardware, mm -hmm. some little chip or something that is acting up, but something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And whenever that piece drops the ball or doesn't work, then this is the way we feed out to all the networks. We're, we're going out over Facebook. We're going out over YouTube. We're going out over our own Acellus network. And uh, all of those feeds start with that one computer. So we're not down in one place. We're down everywhere. Right. We figure we have about 8,000 people on live tonight. And when that goes off, everybody gets... <laughs> And they have to find their way back. And I figure that if we have this much opposition tonight, <laughs> then maybe I'm going to say something really cool. <laughs> and so only those that keep logging back on and logging back on are going to get it. The persistent ones. It's going to be really good. Did you hear the fishing stories? I did. I love fishing. She loves fishing. Yeah, I know because sometimes I take her with me. And I love fishing, too. I think I'm the one that got her to really, really like fishing. <laughs> but you, you know, fishing is enjoyable. You get to handle worms mm -hmm. and things like that. But you have never really been fishing until you go fishing with Peja. <laughs> it's a different it experience. <laughs> have any of you ever really been chewed out before? Yeah, I have. 
I mean, you've heard my fishing with dynamite story. Mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah. that's a good story about getting chewed out. But I have a story I've never told that is more intense than that. It's just that I don't dare tell it because... It's about you? If I tell this story, which is not about me... Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> it could impact my reputation. Yeah, I think we should keep it in the box. Well, there's not very there's many of box. us here. How many think we should keep it in the box? How many think we should let it out? One. The out's one. Really? Yeah. But it's a, the interesting thing about this story, I mean, it's so sensational you won't believe this, but it's true. When I tell this story, if I, but what if, when, what if they try to cut me out? Is that why they're cutting this out so Maybe I won't tell this story? That, yeah. Is this story that big? It is actually that big. You know, when Tobias was telling us about, oh, get the net, the bigger net, you know. It, it's kind of like that. Sometimes you catch a fish so big that your pole bends over and almost breaks. Sometimes it breaks your line. Sometimes it's the catch of the century. Okay, I'm concerned now because I have a few And stories. so once <laughs> I went fishing... <clears throat> And I invited Peugeot to go with me. And you know, there's a lot of places to fish, but I have my own secret place. My own little, I call it a lake, but it's really just a pond. It's a big pond, though, so I call it a lake. In fact, I call it Lake Ken. There you go. It's beautiful. You know where that is, I don't do. you? Yeah, do. there. <laughs> so it's a, it's a beautiful lake not far from here, and it has a lot of fish in it, and it's, it's a wonderful place to go fishing. Someday you're all going to have to come, we'll do a big Lake Ken fish. Mm -hmm. okay. But, friends. but, but, one time I invited Peugeot to go fishing. And you know, when you go fishing, it's kind of like competition. You, you win if you get a fish, and you win even better if you get a bigger fish, and the guy with the biggest fish, or the lady with the biggest fish wins. So we're fishing, and, and I'm a pretty good fisher person. Fisher person. <laughs> Because you're not a fisherman. Well, I'm certainly not fisher people. But anyway, I'm fishing, and, and I, you, you have to do tricks so that the little ones don't bite, because you don't want to catch a little one. And like Tobias said, that's very embarrassing. We got knocked off again, so I'm telling the tech guys what the message was. K-mode not supported. What? So could you please fix it? He says, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, Any suggestions? Talk fast? Okay. Okay, we're coming. I think we're live. We're up on, are we up on all the networks again? That's amazing. You guys get up faster and faster. Hey, listen, I like to talk, but I got to go. I was telling a story about Peugeot, and I think her people turned it off. Uh, they did. Is okay. there any way you can block them? <laughs> no, we're powerful. We're silent, right. invisible, hey. and powerful. Hey, I've got you on speed dial now, so be good, okay? All right, bye-bye. Uh, they're working on it. Is that it. Thomas the Tech Guy? That's Thomas the Tech Guy. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy Tech. He's the best there is. Yep, he's pretty and, good. And uh, that computer...
it's going to really get fixed, isn't it? Okay, so I can see now that it would not be wise to further this story because they're already attacking us. But it's a good story. It's a good story. It's a many years ago story. Yeah. Many, many years ago. When we were much foolisher. When we were foolisher. All right, well, maybe I'll just finish it real quick. Okay, so for those of you that are just tuning back in, what we did is we went fishing at Lake Camp, uh-huh. and we're trying to get big fish. So little fish, they always come in and they bite. Mm-hmm. And you pull in a fish, and it's a little teeny guy, and it's really embarrassing. And I know that by the look on Tobias's face <laughs> when he caught a big one. <laughs> and so anyway, when he said it can be embarrassing, he was being serious. <laughs> Fishing's a big deal. Well, anyway, so what you do, I found is you figure out some kind of a bait setup that is so big that a little fish can't get it in its mouth. A big glob. <laughs> Throw out a big bait. And that way, only the big fish will bite. Uh-huh. Now, there's not as many big fish. You don't get as many bites, but that's okay because when you get one, it's worth, it was okay. worth waiting for. Okay. So I'm fishing with my big fish glob. <laughs> Splash. <laughs> And I'm going to get one bigger than her. And when they bite and they start pulling, your your fishing pole bends with the pull they have. And so you could use it like a meter. How far the pole bends is how big the fish is, right? That's right. And so, boy, I got one, and the pole was bending almost all the way over and got in. It was a nice fish, big one. And then Peje got a bite. And she said, I got one. And then she started reeling it in, and her pull bent clear over. If it hadn't been a graphite rod, it would have gone. <laughs> it's bent clear over, and I thought, "Oh no!" It's not. There's nothing wrong with not always getting the biggest fish, <laughs> unless it's a lady that catches it. <laughs> then it, you know, gets really personal. So she's grinding it in, grinding it in, grinding, it in, and it comes in. There couldn't be a fish big enough in the lake to make her pull bend that bad. So I think, what is this? And then the fish finally gets up to the surface, and she pulls it out, and she's caught a great big snapping turtle. It was a tail, and he had fire up his tail, by the way. And the hook was not in his mouth. (laughs) Nope. She caught it by the tail. Turtles have these little tails, and she had hooked into the tail. And he was so heavy, she couldn't lift him out of the water except halfway. And he's up there like that. Oh, my. And that turtle looked up at her, and I've never seen anything so pissed in his life. That part is a true story. He did not like being caught by the tail. He didn't. It was in the spring, too, so it was just barely time to start fishing. I so think we woke him up. what do you think she said at that moment? Because that's one of those moments when you'd say, oops. You know, that would be a good answer, something oops. like that. And she said, I got a big one. <laughs> hey, I caught it. And it was little skinny tail. It was pretty ugly. You know, the story doesn't quite end there. This, this poor guy was so well hooked that he couldn't get off the hook. 
and I had to go over and pull that hook out of his tail, and he was, his shell was that big around, and he was really unhappy. They can be pretty mean. I think he was still hibernating <laughs> in the, down in the mud of the bottom. Can you imagine? You're in the middle of like a three and a half month sleep, <laughs> and then some page from outer who knows where comes and drags you out of the, yeah. A social emotional day for that one. Yeah, social emotional. <laughs> and that just shows that even if you're having a really tough day, you should not get upset. That's right. Now, what I want to do tonight before the computer blows up again is I want to show you one of my inventions. And uh, this is going to require a little bit of a field trip. But uh, inventions are where you get an idea in your head and you think, boy, I could make something and I could make it do this or that or the other. And then you start putting together pieces and you experiment and you build and you rebuild and you refine and then finally you get something that will do the job. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of inventions you can have. You can invent electronics. You can invent, a new, some of you girls that like cook or guys could invent a new kind of food. Uh, some of you could invent a new color. Some of you like to water, watercolor. You can invent a new color. I found if you take all the colors they have and mix them, it's brown. <laughs> and then if you mix them different, it's still brown. If, if you get five or more colors, it's brown. That's really strange, isn't it? But that would be an invention, just not a very useful one unless you're painting something brown. Well, one of the things that I like to develop, that I like to invent, are things that tickle people's minds, things that make people think, make them wonder. And uh, from way back in the good old days, they call this the art of magic. And the art of magic is how do you perform an illusion or a trick so that people can't figure out how you did it. Okay, I'm not so much into the art of magic. I'm in the science of magic. Uh, years ago, when I was uh, counting on magic performances as a way to pay my living expenses while I was a student, uh, I needed a lot of tricks because I had a lot of opportunities to go perform, and magic tricks, good ones, stage ones, are really expensive. And I didn't have a lot of money, so instead of buying these expensive tricks, I invented them. And it's a great way to develop your inventing skill. If you can come up with some, some way to re-trick someone, for example, if I could take this little lid off this hydrogen bottle and give it to the great turtle catcher fisherman <laughs> and if she could wave her hand over it and make fire come out that would be an amazing trick wouldn't it go ahead make see she's still inventing it okay <laughs> but wouldn't that be amazing you invent a way to make a surprise and make something that is is really neat well I have a trick that I think is pretty neat and when I've showed this trick to people some people just really become animated or excited about how in the world did he do that? Would you like to see it? Yes. This is actually about four different tricks I've developed over the years and combined them into one. Now, not far from here in this building, I have a little place where I do magic for friends. 
It's my little magic table. I'd like to show it to you. Okay. Would you like to come with me? I'd absolutely love to come. Um, should we pick out some volunteers? Do you want to help me pick someone from the audience that would like to help? We don't have very there's big hands. audience. There's one okay. hand. There's right one there. hand. Okay. And there's one right there. Do you guys want to come up here? Uh, do you guys like magic? Yeah. Okay. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to go in here and do the magic, and uh, we'll just bring the little camera person with us. Can you film us? And we'll just go on out here. So you guys, I'll wait right here. We'll we'll be feeding through on the mic on here so you can see it. Okay. okay. So just stay tuned. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let's just go back into the magic area. Into the magic area. Okay, it's right down here. This is the lobby. That's what that is. <laughs> That's you. This goes into the office. Exactly. This is fun. All right, guys, this is what I call my <laughs> okay. magic spot. Wow. So just have, nice. a, nice. have a chair okay. here, okay. and we're going to uh, have some fun. <clears throat> we like fun. I sit back here okay. <laughs> because I am the magician. Oh. And this is the invention that I wanted to show you tonight. <laughs> this is a machine that cleans a ring. Oh, nice. And not only does it take the dirt and grime off, mm -hmm. But it also uses magic to make the ring smell good. Oh, smell good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do any of you have a ring that I can show you how this works? I have, I have, a, I have, have a really it? nice ring. Uh, we don't like to use expensive rings. Is it expensive? Uh, yeah, you better yeah. not use this. <laughs> oh, well, you know, why not? All of a sudden, nervousness. I do trust you, so. Oh, that's terrible. I want to smell it. Look, look how pretty that, that is. is. Okay, so I've got oh, a little acne? place here where I go ahead and I put the ring in like so. Uh -huh. Then I've got this little switch I Ooh, turn fancy. on. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. And then the way that you do it is you turn this handle. Okay. And that's what activates the cleaning process. Okay. Wow. So now, not only is your ring being cleaned, but magically it's being given a really good smell. <laughs> All right. She likes smells. Oh, that's a bad smell. That's, oh, that doesn't even smell. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. <laughs> oh. Is that the smell? I don't know if I remember to tell you that I'm just developing this still. <laughs> I love you it. Tell me that. Yeah, it, it's something I'm working on. Have you got another ring we could try? That's what I, I I'm afraid. Either. I'm afraid that this, oh, oh my this, this ring. Awesome. Well. <laughs> Uh, um, oh wow! I, I'm I'm afraid that this ring, oh, but the good news is, the good news is, really I got money, so you can get no, This is not good. Oh, but, but it smells good, right? Just, just get a quarter, and you can get your new ring. Same right. store, same place where you got the other one. Where did, where did, where did you get it anyway? I'm not saying. <laughs> Have you Someone ever? Someone very special gift. Did you know that oh King Tut is also a magician? He oh. got this King Tut. Oh my wow. goodness. Uh, Look at that. Cool. Kim, That's... could you open King Tut so yes. she can see how he works? Oh, wow. This, this is King Tut, and he will solve any problems you have. Oh. Are you kidding? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, fine. So you just put your quarter in there. And there you go. Okay, this isn't there, a ring. There you go. It, it, I think that's a ring. It might be in there somewhere. It doesn't look like a ring to me. It says, 
Maybe you are too attached to worldly things. Well, there you go. <laughs> lucky. Touch is very lucky. Lucky you lost this ring. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, you're lucky. Okay. Okay. Look, there's Look. a yellow one in there. Maybe you oh. could do it. Do you want to try another? Yeah, another message. No, no, no. Go oh. for the ring. Oh, okay. I think there's better oh, rings in there than the one that uh, we had this unfortunate accident with. Okay, bring you good luck now. Here it comes. Ooh, oh, oh this one's even up. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, this is a message to Paige. That means it's for me. We don't leave my messages. That's not kind. Oh, it is a message from some help. I ruined her ring. <laughs> I think that's not going on. I think that's to you. <laughs> wow. Can't you do something? What, what Maybe, about three? Oh, Marty. Three times a charm? Oh, well, yeah, there's a ring. Maybe if in I there, put it in for you. you. Just, yeah, maybe you, you do it. Okay, yeah. no, 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 no. A lucky one. My turn. All right. Lucky page. Lucky page. Okay. okay, your turn. Not that. Yeah. Let's see. No way. Oh my. She's okay. not going to cry now. <laughs> she was fine. I don't know how you did. Wow. It oh, is that's, my oh, ring. that's cool. Does that smells good. Your ring? <laughs> you have to it think smell, here. It doesn't smell. Oh, that's oh. So, All right, what? guys. That's so Let's cool. Let's go on back okay. here, shall we? Okay. Mm -hmm. That was pretty awesome. What ring? Message for Page <laughs> I, I My computer wasn't booting. <clears throat> By the way, while we were doing the magic, we found out what was wrong with the computer. Oh, yeah? And it was, in fact, a Windows update. Yes. Isn't that interesting? And it just shows how difficult it is when you have such complex operating systems and you update them about every day. Uh, if something's just a little bit wrong, you cannot imagine how much effort we go through to keep a cellus running. That's true. And uh, Mr. Thomas and our technical team would be having a long chat with me if they had done that with a cellus, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we have patched the uh, operating system bug, and we hope that it will now stay up for a minute, which would be a really good thing, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if everybody was able to uh, see the... Um, a little magic demonstration or not. I hope they were. That's pretty but, fun. But uh, if they are really good at logging back in, then, then they should be fine. But we have that problem fixed now and we go on. You know, I think there is really a good lesson. Uh, I don't think there's many uh, software companies in the world that have more or better programmers than Microsoft. I mean, that's a huge company with just you know, a substantial portion of the whole planet using the Windows operating system, and yet something like that would get out that would cause this thing to fail repeatedly. You, you would think that they would be able to test that and catch it. And this is a popular brand computer that we were using, so, you know, it's not a specific piece of hardware. But it does show you how hard it is to do something like provide an operating system to the world or provide a learning system like a Celeste to the world, which is exactly what we're doing. And we're also working on many other technologies and things. You know, this fall, 
uh, I'm looking forward to one of the really big events in my career, and it's going to be the launch of mm -hmm. uh, the new cybersecurity company, Cybersecurity Security Corporation, which is going to be a way to secure computers better than we've been able to heretofore. Uh, a lot of the Acellus teachers are already using this new technology, and uh, it protects your student records, your student data. Uh, in, in the world that we live in today, we have a miracle, and the miracle, while being a miracle, is also a vulnerability or a problem. The internet that you connect to today is a place where people from every nation can also connect. And there are people in this world that are wonderful people, and there's some wonderful people that have kind of gone astray in their morals and their way of thinking. Some are mean, some are greedy. Uh, but people are doing things on the internet that are really wrong. And we've now had uh, unfriendly organizations that have gone into our military computers, into our banking computers, into our school computers in different places, and locked them up. Irrigan? Yeah. That's what that. the service bulletin said. <laughs> I think I'm down again. You're not. <laughs> how, how Speak can, fast. How do you know for sure if, <laughs> if you're up or down? You're up. Let's go. I'm up. Okay. I'm up. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back. <clears throat> and now where was I? Oh, yes. I was just ready to turn the time over to Peugeot. <laughs> We're down. No. <laughs> <laughs> that changes your perspective, doesn't it? I think, though, um, when in regards to your magic trick, a lot of the students have been writing in that it is amazing um, that Acellus works like it does in helping them progress um, at their own level and how it, it just works. And it really does. It really does. Yeah. And, you know, we, have, we probably have 2,000, 3,000 things that we do. Yeah. to make it really work mm -hmm. and make it, personalize it for a student. It's like magic. And we could look at those and, you know, I could look and say, look what we did. <laughs> look, That's not you what you do. do. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at, why haven't we done this yet? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? We're going to do this. We've been on now meetings you know <laughs> all day today figuring out yeah. how we're going to make it work better. And... Uh, the, the wonderful people on this team that work so hard to keep coming up with these impossible things. Mm -hmm. Bless your hearts. I am so grateful to you. But, you know, uh, a guy that used to live here in Kansas City back in the day, Walt Disney. Mm. Remember, this is where uh, Disney started his career. But uh, Walt did some pretty amazing things. Not enough to really make him great or famous, but he did some things that were pretty wonderful. And then he pulled his team together and he said, great job, great job, but couldn't we make it better? Couldn't we plus it? Couldn't we do a little more? And as I uh, watch Acellus, it's a, an amazing learning system, but one of the biggest things that's different about it than all the others 
is it's a system that watches learning taking place. It makes a science of learning. So people go in and they learn. Some do well. Hooray. Applaud. Some don't. Some get stuck. Some have problems. And so a solace starts studying what problems did they have. And it doesn't tie it so much to an individual because that's kind of private. But what it does is it looks, and if, if one student struggles, I'm concerned about that. If many people struggle with the same thing, then I'm very concerned. And if many, many people struggle with the same thing, then I'm extremely concerned. And we, we, we look at that, we study it, and we try to figure out why. When we think we figured out why they struggle, then we figure out how can we fix it. Mm -hmm. We fix it. If it makes it so people stop struggling with that step, then we know we've got it. If it didn't work, then we know we missed. And we try something else. Mm -hmm. And we do see that. We and it's exactly the same technique yeah. that we use in doing magic. In inventing a magic trick, you make a trick, oh, I, this is going to be so tricky. And <laughs> you build it, you make it, you try it on someone, and they see it, they catch it. They know what you did. They say, okay, you go back. <laughs> yeah. And you keep doing that, and it gets better and better. And that's what we're trying, trying to do with Acellus. My goal is that over this summer, I want to make Acellus twice as effective as it is today for struggling students. We have the biggest push of teachers, of developers, of helpers, uh, making these courses better and they're going to get they're going to get better and then I'll finally be satisfied satisfied so do you have yeah you will never be satisfied that, that's not true <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's harsh <laughs> it's true and it's good do and, I have what um, any advice for yes I have advice oh good because we have some students who um, unfortunately weren't as diligent in their studies the last few weeks and things and they're wondering how they can really make it up with a cellist so they can make their parents proud. Ooh. That's true. Ooh, they want advice on making their parents proud. Yeah. Um, so explain to me again what are parents? <laughs> parents are those things that care for you, take care of you, encourage you, and are disappointed when you don't do what you should. <laughs> you know, I think that really is the key. Um, parents are pretty wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, even people that might just be ordinary people, when they're acting like parents because they have a child, they seem to bring out their best and they really care and they really want for you. And a lot of parents have gone through school and grown up and gone out into the world and tried to make their mark, and they can see that if they had done this or since they did this, that they are more successful, and so they try to tell you, mm -hmm. or I'm talking about them. Mm -hmm. I understand. I've been there. This, Both sides. No. <laughs> that if they will apply mm -hmm. themselves, that it will change their lives and will have a great impact. And I, uh, I haven't met anybody yet that always does everything right. They say nobody's perfect. When I was younger, I'd go around saying, and I'm nobody. <laughs> but <clears throat> then I found out I'm not perfect either. <laughs> but you know, we're really not. And 
we, we should try to be more diligent tomorrow than we were yesterday and learn from, from our stumbles. But I think that one of the really great and valuable lessons of life is to learn how to recover. Mm. Yeah, it would really, yes, oh yeah, yeah, that's German, yeah, boy. <laughs> yes, it would be very good if we would not stumble, if we would not make a mistake. And we should strive to do better, but we do. We do stumble, we do fall, we do make mistakes. And so a lot of the difference between mediocre and success is how well do we recover. Some people get so caught up in feeling so much remorse because they, they messed up that they can't get back in the groove. And um, if I had that problem, I'd be a real mess because I'm trying to do so many things, I mess up all the time. But one thing I have learned is to jump back up. Don't get back up, jump back up. And you say, okay, well I, now I know not to do that. And away we go. And I, I think that the important thing, if you get behind in your studies, isn't to wallow in it, but to realize, okay, well that was yesterday and I can't do anything about that. But I've got today. And today, man, I'm gonna do a different. I'm gonna make a difference, I'm gonna remake a do. Is that, I think, is that good advice to you? I think mm -hmm. it's, I like the jumping back up advice. The jumping back up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It you, actually almost makes you go a little further if you just maybe kept, I kept jumping up a little further. <laughs> I like the jumping up advice. <laughs> there. Well, I, I think that it's uh, interesting that we had a computer here today that was just determined to stop us. And I was just thinking, dog. what in the world is our, our online copy of this going to be? It's going to have all these like, <laughs> what, five holes in I it. I wondered about that. So I think we're going to go out and we're going to edit them all together and make a new release of it so that it has some continuity. But uh, whatever force there was that kept knocking us down, it was pretty determined. Mm -hmm. But one more time than it knocked us down, we jumped back up. I like that. And so we were able to at least deliver our message and I hope some people heard it. Now, most of the of the people that participate in these discussions don't do it live, so they don't get to fill the exciting drama down, up, down, up. <laughs> maybe, maybe when we edit these pieces together, we ought to have a little break every time it broke, <laughs> just so they get the live drama. So I'd just like to end our little discussion by saying, you know, when you do have a problem, and we have a problem, don't we? Mm -hmm. We know exactly which computer is. We pretty much aware that it has something to do with an update we did that maybe wasn't quite ready to go. Maybe we'll go unupdate that update. But it is so much like all of our lives. We have periods where things go wrong and, and some periods where they go wrong more often. Mm -hmm. Those are the real intense stretches of the path. But we can get through them. And we must. And so I wish you all well. Uh, the uh, the victory is reserved for those that just won't give up. And so before I get cut off, I'm going to call it a victory and see you next week. Thank you and good night.
thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.